Becoming aware of how you're spending your time is one part of getting out of your own way and becoming aware of how you feel about how you're spending your time is another huge part. I'm going to tell a story of when I went against what my gut wanted me to do. And uh, I'm going to tell y'all what happened to me. And OMG, you don't want to miss this. Hey there, Jules here, and welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. My life is a surrender experiment where I choose faith over fear to follow my intuition. And it has all led me here to share wholehearted stories about what I've learned along the way. So take a nice deep breath, settle in, and remember, the light in me loves the light in you. Now let the elevation of your soul's experience begin. Hello, my friends. I'm so, I'm so happy. Just every time we hit record, it's, I can just feel the connection between us just open right up. Thank you for hitting play. I'm grateful we hit record. Now let's dig right into the story <laughs> that I have for you today. So gather around, children, gather around. It's story time. Babe. Yeah. I'm going to tell the story. Which one? You know. I don't know. The one how the universe spoke to me in a way that I would totally understand. Oh, that one. Uh huh. <laughs> so let's see. We're going back to. I think it was 2016. And at this point in my life, I was pretty good at figuring out how to spend my time. And I was also figuring out how to match that with how I was feeling about how I was spending my time. You know, because sometimes you can do the things you have to do, but you don't necessarily feel aligned with it or feel great about it. Sometimes you might just find yourself just kind of like doing what you got to do. And I remember a call came in to do a photo shoot. It was a pretty big campaign. And the art director called and said, she really wanted me on this shoot. She really wanted me to be a part of this campaign because they were bringing in this fancy photographer from New York. They were bringing in this big time model. It was, you know, just the, and I was the missing piece is how she was putting it all together. And so that was flattering. So we said, all right, well, here's my day rate. This is your job. You're, you're the booking agent on this one. So you said, this is Jules's rate. This is what it takes to get her on that shoot. Yep. And they were like, oh, um, okay, well, we don't necessarily have that much money. Right. And so I promptly responded with, well, I can offer you another makeup artist that's more budget friendly. So what did they say? They said they really just wanted you. They didn't want anybody else from our team. It didn't matter who you had trained or had not trained or whatever. They just really wanted you, but didn't have the money and just wanted us to make it work. 
So those red flag number one. And they were very persistent about it. And we're trying to figure out how to make this work. But there was something as you were explaining this job to me that felt a little off to me. I'm not sure. I couldn't necessarily verbalize, put it into words how I was feeling. And now I know that that's because a lot of times we feel things before we have words for these feelings. And I just kept saying like, I'm not sure. You know, I just felt like if you've paid all these other people so much money to be a part of your shoot and you're flying them in and taking them, why are you getting all cheap with me? You know, it just kind of made me wonder that. And so then I thought, well, are you just being ungrateful? Like, isn't this a job? Isn't this going to be money in your pocket? So then I started to try to talk myself into it because they really wanted me to do it. So I had that external pressure. Right. Well, you had it from me too. Cause I was like, you know, we're about to be on vacation. We could really use the money. We could definitely, you know, use having a happy client. You know, they like to come or they shoot this, you know, catalog twice a year, you know, let's keep this client happy kind of thing. And then I was feeling the same of, but how come <laughs> they can't figure out how to make this work with the way that it needs to work for me? So anyways, it just kept going back and forth. And the whole point of it to me was just becoming aware of how I felt, knowing that it was going to be a time commitment because it was a 10 hour shoot. And I was having to drive an hour there and an hour back home. So it's a 12 hour day. That's a long time to be away. And you don't even want to pay me what my rate is. So there's that, right? You want my best, but you also don't want to pay for it. So I'm like sorting through. And I know our friends right now are like, yep, I've been in situations like that. I have been in situations like that. And so I thought, well, talking to myself, I was talking to myself in a way of, you know, you just really need to get over this. Maybe you're just thinking too highly of yourself and maybe you need to back it on down a little bit. <laughs> I was like saying whatever I needed to in order to get me to say yes. And I wouldn't talk to a friend like that, but I knew that everybody around me wanted me to do this. And I was like, well, fine, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah, y'all know this is um, the part of the story where it doesn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. Because how can it? How can it work out? <laughs> so I get to the job and I'm doing the things that they're asking me to do. And, and it was clear while I was there that I was not necessarily um, in the best situation. And so now I'm starting to get a little upset with myself. 
So I'm like, man, now I got to spend the next two days in, in an environment that's not making me feel great. And you know what it's doing? It's reminding me of how I didn't really want to be here to begin with. But I found all the reasons, excuses, and justifications for me to ignore what I felt because that didn't necessarily feel valid to me. It wasn't important enough to me at that point. What everybody else wanted me to do and what everybody else thought I should do was more important. That's such an interesting perspective, you know, to feel that you had to shut down what you felt in order to make everybody around you feel better. And then it winds up, you know, creating this feeling of just being kind of lost in the knowledge that you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And you already knew that, but you went against it. Right. So here's the thing. So I'm, I'm right. Swirling with that knowledge of knowing that I had gotten almost the divine heads up of like, you might just need to say no to this project. Right. But again, figured out how to bully myself into it and I did it. And now I have to be with myself every moment that I'm on this job where I keep figuring out ways that I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, see, you don't like that. That doesn't feel good to you. How you feel about being here now? You know, it was what I was dealing with. And I'm trying to make the best of it. That's the thing. Like I'm on the outside. I'm happy. I'm fun to work with. I'm, you know, a great teammate. Nobody has any clue that I am really upset with myself about it. I'm, I'm just doing my best to make the best of it. And so it's the end of the project and I have, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to, my patience is, is worn out. Um, I'm physically exhausted because our studio shoot uh, turned into an outdoor shoot and it was really hot, <laughs> really hot outside. And I was, um, you know, just done over it. And I remember thinking, cause we were leaving for vacation in just a few days. And that was like the light at the end of the tunnel. You're for like me. in a few days, I'll I was be on like, a plane. in a few days, I'm going to be in Mexico drinking margaritas. Like it's going to be fine. I'm going to forget all about this. It's going to be okay. That's what I kept telling myself. So I get home. I'm so happy. I'm like, thank God I made it. I survived. I'm done. You know, send the invoice. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Don't even wait till tomorrow. Send, yeah, it, send now. it now. <laughs> I mean, and so we go on about our business and we get on the plane, we get to Mexico. All of a sudden, I start feeling itchy and I'm not sure what's going on. And I, I realize that I have small red bumps that are starting to show up and they are very, very itchy. And, um, so yeah, I, (laughs) this is where the story starts to take a turn. Y'all, your girl got chiggers.
if you're not aware of what chiggers are, they are little red bugs that live in moss. So here's a little PSA. If you're ever in Savannah or in any area that has the moss on the beautiful trees, don't touch it. There's red bugs that live inside of it. And those bugs will burrow in your skin and become very itchy. So that's my little disclaimer. So I am super upset now. I am they're all on, over. I mean, I am, like your, your whole backside was just like red bumps. So here's the deal. I sat down on a um, tree stump because it was basically like we were out in nature. It was the only seat. Yeah. And, you know, just tired from standing for so many hours. I was like, oh, good, a seat. And there happened to be chiggers on this log, and I had no clue. So think about me sitting on this log. And so the chiggers got into my clothes and tore me up. And it takes a little bit for them to really show up. So I am so mad. Now I'm super upset with myself because... I knew better. I knew better. And I did not trust it. I did not. And I remember being livid because I am in freaking Mexico. It's my birthday vacation trip. And I can't even wear my bathing suit at the pool because I have red bumps all over the place. Y'all hear me? Okay. So the way that you take care of chiggers, so we thought at this time, was you put clear nail polish over them, over the bites, to try to suffocate the chiggers. Yeah, like suffocates them and makes them back Who knows if this is truth, but it's all we had to work with. So I remember leaning over, just bending over and you having to paint clear nail polish on these bites on my bum. And I was, it was so clear to me because I, I was furious. Right. And in that moment, I got the clear wisdom of what was happening. And the clear wisdom that came through was every time because this was something I used to say to myself. I used to say, and I knew this in my heart, every time that I don't listen to my gut, every time that I go against it, it always bites me in the butt. And I just started laughing. So damn literal. So, so here I am going against my intuition and literally and figuratively had gotten bitten in the butt. <laughs> can oh, we have man. a good laugh, y'all, right now? <laughs> can we? Can we? Oh, my goodness. So that I realized that this was the way that I was being spoken to in a way that I would clearly understand. And I got it. It was just my aha moment of, Oh, you think you get away with it, but you don't, you don't. And I remembered vowing at that moment, I will never do it again. I mean, how, 
how much more of an example do I need? And I thought, nope, not going to let that happen again. I, I, no. I'm you have not. reminded me of that story since then, whenever there's been like a situation similar to it. And I'm like, but babe. And you're like, remember Mexico? Yeah. Remember the chiggers? Mm-hmm. Do you nah, remember that? No, nah, your girl don't do that no more. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I learned. <laughs> I know better now. So I share this story with you because then the next part of it was really important. So I got the lesson, right? I got the message and I was like, aha, okay, I get it. The next step was I had to take all that anger. I had been stewing on this. I mean, I was like so mad about it, right? So mad at myself. I had to take that and I had to make the choice of forgiving myself. Because I realized that the nail polish wasn't working. And I had no other way to treat it. I couldn't figure out any other way to take care of it. And there was something in me that intuitively knew that my anger was feeding it. And I remember making the decision to forgive myself. Yes, I knew better. Yes, I didn't do better. Yes, that happened. And here I am. So I offered it up. I offered the feelings up. I decided to forgive myself and say, you know what? You got such a great lesson to carry with you for the rest of your life. That's a gift. How about that? And I said, all right. And I woke up the next morning and all of those red, angry bumps now were no longer discolored and they, they were healing. They were healing. Yeah. It was like, I, well, do I was you like, remember that? Yeah. It I remember. So... I was like, I was like, wow, you're, I was like, they, it's, it's really getting better. Like overnight it started to completely, you know, uh, heal up and change to where it was like, um, it, like you said, it was no longer like these little red volcanoes. It was like just yeah. you know, a little bit of rays. And then the next day after that, I want to say they were pretty much gone. It was so clear that my anger towards myself was feeding it and making it worse. So I could see the visual example of how your unforgiveness in your self-betrayal can really harm your physical body. Right. Because your body, this physical body that we have, is here as a communication device to give us these messages and signals of, yeah, that's a good thing to do. No, this is not a good thing to do. And when we ignore it, things can happen. And that's exactly the situation that I was in. And so I wanted to share this story because I know a lot of times we can have those external pressures of wanting to do what looks right on paper what is best for everyone else and also deep down inside can be not the right thing for us. And I hope that this story not only makes you laugh because it's funny, right? It's, it's like really crazy story and reminds you 
to always listen to those signals. They're important. Start tuning into that. Our last episode of how you're spending your time is the first part in your awareness for it of, of saying, okay, let me sort through how I'm spending my time instead of blindly just going through my days. And then the next part of it is once you sort it out and you figure out what you do that you like, what you do that you don't like, then you also have to pay attention to how you feel about it. Are there things in there that you know you shouldn't be doing anymore, but you still do it? Is there a subconscious feeling of self-betrayal that's nagging at you that makes you feel disgruntled and mad at yourself? You know, pay attention to that stuff because it's really, really important. So as we close out the story <laughs> and we're going to move this conversation over to the Miracle Lab and start working on the ways of how to become more aware of how we feel. I want to take what we're feeling right now and just settle into a quiet moment. So let's put your hand on your heart. Take a nice deep breath in. Let's get everything this moment has for us. And as we exhale, we release everything else. As we bring our awareness to how we're spending our precious time, we also allow ourselves to become open and aware to how we feel about it. Paying attention to the clues and to the signals and knowing that they're not only valid, but they're really important. We allow ourselves to become open to that. May we see our bodies as a friend sending us secret messages that only we can understand. Give us the strength and the courage to believe in it, to trust it, and to be brave enough to move forward in how we feel is best. May we find divine solutions in these hard moments where our inside world and our outside world isn't necessarily lining up. I know that we really do know what we're doing. And as we move forth through the rest of our day, may we feel more peace, more grace, and more joy every step of the way. And so it is, and so we allow it to be. Amen. Amen. My sweet friends, know I love you. And remember, the light in me, it loves and it sees and it honors the light in you. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>
You've been listening to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. If you feel uplifted and inspired and seen, I invite you to join us in the Miracle Lab, where we expand these conversations into spiritual teachings. Do you need a mentor or an accountability partner? Come to the lab and let's support each other while we experiment with miracles and grow together. Visit www.themiraclelab.org. Special thanks to my co-host, Josh, who's also on production and sound design. And a big thank you to you for listening. Send me a text and let me know what landed. 229-206-9280. I'm your host, Jules. And remember, the light in me loves the light in you. I'll see you in the lab.